Hello, and good day to you from episode 23 of our podcast series, Project Breakaway, a metaphorical and literal time in the day when we here at Predator Cycling take some time away from working in the back shop to come and share with our listeners what we're doing, how we're doing it, what it takes to do it, our ideas, our innovative success stories, and even our missteps and failures. If you find yourself with an interest in bicycles, composite manufacturing, out-of-the-box design, or even curiosities beyond, I encourage you to stick with us, settle in, and learn a little. I'm Courtney B., co-owner and project manager of Predator Cycling. I'm here with my partner, RM Goganian, the other co-owner, CEO, lead designer and engineer, and West Coast kid at Predator Cycling. How's it going? Uh, it's going really well. I'm happy to be back in Tennessee, and uh, <clears throat> we had a nice little break in California. So yeah, that was... so it's been a minute. Yeah. We took a little planned week hiatus, and that turned into a two-week hiatus. Um, so two weeks ago, we were hosting our friend Kurt from ANSYS here. He'd flown in um, to shoot a little customer video about Predator and how we use ANSYS software here in the shop. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure when a video will post, but I'm sure it'll post here soon. Yeah, I think it's a couple parts. I think there's going to be one um, coming here soon and then some other videos will drip throughout the year. Yeah. So Kurt was out here and he brought with him Adam, who is a freelance videographer and editor. Um, and it was just a really uh, chill shoot. Yeah, it was nice. It was cool. Plus, it was kind of fun. I've known Kurt for years. and Yeah, it's always easier to shoot like that. those type of things with like friends and people you know rather than yeah. when we've had other people here. It's just a little bit more professional. And not, yeah. not that we're not professional, but it's just like easier to like sit down for an interview when it's just, you know, friend, with friends and not. Yeah, it's easier because you just have a relationship with the person and with with Kurt, we already knew what the topics were more. Anyway, it was good. It was a good, I think it was a good shoot and it was fun. Yeah. Um, and luckily this one uh, features um, you and not me. <laughs> so I don't have to sit there and worry about talking on camera and like my hair and flyaways and hair. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you didn't, you did not want to be in this one. No, I, I, I like to be behind the camera. There you go. Telling you what to do and say. You're Just, good at that. I'm always behind the scenes telling Arm what to do and say. Yes. That's my job. This is true. Um, so that's cool. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, it was cool. We just went downtown and, you know, ate some, or no, we ate some barbecue at the house. Mm-hmm. And then we tried to go to a beer garden with a two-year-old, which apparently... Did not work. Did not work. Like, they, they were carting. Yeah. We were trying to pick outdoor spaces and anyways. It's okay. Didn't... We got some burgers instead. They were delicious. Yep. It was good. So, um, there was that. And then last week, we missed... Um, we were closed locally, but we were still operational online. Um, but we made our first pandemic post-vaccinated flight back to Los Angeles yep. to visit your family. Yep, that was nice. Um, so it was interesting to see uh, pan- mid-pandemic, post-pandemic LA. Yeah. Um, and how it's affected um, just like the economy and oh, businesses. Yeah. That was and crazy. like I, all of our old stomping grounds, we kind of drove through Santa Monica and most of the places that we used to go were closed, but some were still struggling with minor changes. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy to watch, like, look at the difference between, you know, a year and a half ago and now, like, last time we were in, mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago, last time we were in LA, and now it's a big difference. I'm wondering if we would have survived pandemic LA. 
Because, I mean, we were online, but also we had a lot of people stop by the shop. And I assume that bike shops were... Though bike shops were considered um, essential, essential I don't businesses. Know. I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed it, apocalyptic. <laughs> it did. Uh, it, it did. You could definitely see how bad it hit parts of LA. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we went to uh, Griffith Park for the first time after uh, my first time. I don't know yeah. if you'd been there. Yeah, I've oh. been there before. We rode, um, rode the trains. We did. Um, we rode the trains. Uh, we went to the train museum. What was it called? It was uh, like train kid, Train Town? Kitty. Tan- Travel Town. Travel Town. Travel Town. That was super cool. Yeah. Uh, Mika loved it. So and then, that was good. Uh, another highlight of our apocalyptic Santa Monica pier trip <laughs> <laughs> oh <my laughs> was, uh, I don't want to name the, I'm not going to name the coffee shop, but there's a coffee shop that we, a chain, local, uh, state chain, local chain. I don't know. I've never seen it yes. outside of California. Yeah. Anyway. Most of them have closed. We were looking for them, looking, looking, looking. Every location was closed. I found one. Yeah. Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. And got a muffin. And there was a little surprise in my muffin. There was. A little gray furry animal baked right in the center, the gooey chocolatey center. Um, (laughs) It was pretty gross. We could be sitting high right now with a probably a nice loss. No, we would be in litigation right now, probably spending too much money. But I didn't take a picture of it because I was so grossed out. Um, and then of course our son was like, wanted his muffin. He's like, where's my muffin? I was like, throw it in the trash, throw it in the trash. Throw everything in the trash. (laughs) Everything went in the trash. The coffee, the muffins. Everything. That's disgusting. And he wanted to go on rides, so it was not worth the Oh man, but no one wants to find an animal baked into their muffin. No. I don't know. I thought, I'm pretty sure, I thought it was vegetarian, but I guess it wasn't. L.A., man. Well, we're back in Tennessee where I have yet to run into any sort of animal baked into a food. By accident. <sighs> it was so perfectly aligned in the center, I don't even know if it was an accident. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty gross. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what animal it was. It was great. I assume it was some sort of mouse rodent. Uh, it was pretty round and it was meaty. Oh, I'm getting <laughs> sick thinking about it. Okay. Okay, stop. No, so no. let's. Next topic. Yeah, we're back. Back in Tennessee. Anyway, we just got back. Uh, yesterday was our first day. We're getting reacclimated to the shop. And I spent all day yesterday just returning emails, catching up on the books and orders. And then we're spending uh, the rest of this week um, here after the podcast working on the RF20 size 56 production mold. Yep. Um, so I thought we would just quickly, um, use this episode to discuss, uh, small business restructuring. Yeah. That's it. Um, since we're not technically working on anything at the moment, or we spent two weeks not working on anything, um, we would just kind of discuss like how we operate and how we did operate and how we want to operate. Um, so nothing too in depth, but we do get asked a lot about, um, the, you know, because I guess we went back to visit your family and everyone was like, hell's business. Yeah. I don't know true. if that's an Armenian thing. The yeah. men the men always talk, discuss business. I don't know. And then the women always end up like watching the kid or in the kitchen. I mean, it's not like I'm not saying like, you know, 1950s over here, but just how it naturally <laughs> happened. Uh, okay. So when, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed it. Anyway, so people were like, um, how's business? And so we get yeah, all, sure. lost, asked a lot about like volume of frames and how many we've, we currently have and like why mm-hmm. is the major pilot not out yet? And, you know, 
Yep. While we're all trying to like fulfill kit orders and cleat adapters like nationally and you know in conjunction with you're designing new product at all hours of the day and yep. you're teaching online and we're trying to retain these um very important relationships with all these software companies that we have mm -hmm. forged and then um of course just all the back end jargon of keeping a business operational and books and taxes and bookkeeping and anyway so um I just wanted to remind everyone that when we left LA, we also left all of our employees in LA. Yeah, we had downsized to that point. Um, and we really tried to focus on bringing in automation. I mean, not just yeah. machine automation, but software automation to assist in our Yeah, business. it was, you know, we had a big, I mean, Predator, we boomed pretty big about eight years ago. We were uh -oh, that was pre-Courtney. That was pre-Courtney. So you, um, you, boomed, you boomed out right before me. <laughs> Well, we, that was when we had a lot of growth. We were doing carbon repair. We had our we had our major bars. We had we had just released. We had our carbon frames. We had just come out with, and we were kind of just really we were busy. We were cranking out on. I mean, we were running on all cylinders, just pushing product out. And you know, one of the things like we learned really quickly that like some of the headaches that were stopping us or slowing our growth wasn't actually like. The, the amount of work that we could do like on the products, but it was like the small things. It was like, um, you know, we sell on a couple different platforms. We have different ways customers can contact us and keeping on top of how customers contact us, making sure we get back to them, phone calls, who called first, um, processing orders, um, managing inventory, shipping product. All of that was a huge portion of our of our workload. Just your day-to-day. -day. I mean, if you think of a medium to large size business, they have departments. Right. So we, we this don't. This is our Those marketing are... department. This is our communications department. Yes, yes. And so, you know, that was a big thing that slowed us down very quickly. And then, you know, when you're... We were always trying to push Predator to the next level. And as we started pushing things to the next level, we started developing new systems and new procedures and new models and new processes. And that just added more and more work to, to the entire assemblies. And it started becoming to a point where it was like we were innovating stuff, but we couldn't actually... It was too much of like the nitty-gritty work to get it to production and to get it out the door. It was really difficult. So... One of the things when we moved from Santa Monica and we moved to our Canoga Park shop, it was to really focus on streamlining that process and revisiting it all. Mm -hmm. And then, and there's no right answer when you're trying to find this. It's no. literally it, testing. Well, and there's no one. There's there's very few people that actually talk about it too because it's such a complicated system. I mean, one of the things that's that's different about Predator from a lot of other places is that we actually, does, I mean, come up with our own product. We do all of the concept sketches. Uh, early on simulation, design, the assembly system. We, we manufacture our own molds. Half the time we build our own custom machines. We take the product to testing, physical testing, mm -hmm. uh, prototyping, manufacturing, and then distribution. Mm -hmm. So we're doing all of that in-house and trying to manage that whole process is really difficult. Um, and that's kind of what we worked really hard on when we went to Canoga Park, trying to streamline that. And then again, when we moved here and kind of like, you know, I've called it Predator 2.0, really look at that so that we could build something that was scalable and efficient and um, we weren't redoing work that we hadn't, you know, we would already done, um, which our old processes we did. We redid, I mean, probably 60% mm -hmm. of our work. Um, so that was a big focus. 
Um, so when I'm, we're talking about, like you said, the nitty gritty details of running a small business. Yeah. So I'm talking about like, um, like you said, ERP, which I had to look up, was enterprise resource planning, like yep. softwares and marketing and shipping and, and inventory, supply management, keeping yep. all the records in one place, mm-hmm. um, purchasing the softwares to do it, and then of course testing them because you purchase the software and you find out it doesn't work, and then you got yep. a new software. Also keeping all of that affordable. Yep. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, like, th- th- yes, absolutely. There's all that, and then on top of that, all of the modeling and assemblies and part lists and keeping all of that organized and, and kind of give you an idea. Like when we first started predator cycling with our first arrow frame, um, we were talking about, you know, 12, 15 tubes plus little parts and assemblies. Um, we had a little add on parts that we had, um, you know, you're talking about 20 items that built up the entire frame. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now on the RF 20. If you count our entire part list, I mean, we're well over, if you include molds and everything and assemblies that go into the bike, we're well over 5,000 parts. Well, um, your product design has become more complicated. Right. So and you sit and you design all of your products. Yeah. And then we had to prototype them and test them and bring right. them to market. But like... so the, one, the manufacturing, though, you were talking yeah. about 20 parts. Yeah. And some epoxy and tube-to-tube construction. Yeah. Now you're talking about we're doing our own, cutting our own molds. Yep. And when, you know, you're testing your supplies, arm just doesn't test like... Hey, I found an epoxy or a, a silicone. I think it'll work really well. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, I found it's probably five silicones we could try, and yep. then um, this other bagging material. But I'm not sure. Yep. We could try this other other bagging. So it just like it just adds up. And yep. you got, but you have to test them all to see which works. Yep. No, there's a lot. We have to test a lot of different systems and procedures and parts. And you know, we're we're talking about thousands of parts now, thousands of designs, um, hundreds of cam operations that are running different parts of, of the molds to, to make the parts um, and managing all of that. And then you make an update and trying to make sure everything updates correctly. It, it's very, it gets really cumbersome. And then it's, it's time consuming. It's very time consuming. And so one of the big things that we focused on in, in, in moving here was streamlining that. And um, the new products that we've been putting out are a demonstration of that process. Um, the RF20 is the first example, and then obviously the Genius uh, bottle cage and the cleat adapters um, that have come out. These are all examples of streamlining that process so that we could actually produce things efficiently with efficient modeling, um, simulation, validation. Well, you're always talking about scalability, that you're not going to yeah. do a product that we can't scale. Because, right. I mean, all that obviously... Was our, yeah. Our bikes are always custom one-off pieces, and you have to measure each individual, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But talk about how you're realigning, because yeah. we're starting to do test, like, stock sizes and stuff. Right. So, so on the RF20, we have the option of a custom frame, which you can get fully customized in any which way you want. Pretty, I mean, with, within the restrictions of uh, bottom bracket systems and, like, disc brakes and things like that. But geometry-wise, we can do... Um, essentially any geometry and, and that's custom done to the order we're also doing stock sizes um so we'll have an off-the-shelf stock size that you can pick from um which have the geometry on the website um so we have that as well so that we can try and scale it better because one of the things we always got was like you know i don't really want a custom frame or i you know i fit on a lot of these stock frames fit me just fine so we tried to make um a nice selection of stock frames that you can pick from um and it helps us scale a little bit and you know, one of the things that we did um, with the Predator 2.0 is is talk a lot about scalability, talk a lot about touch time and what could 
be manageable from our perspective. So one of the things that we did was our original tube-to-tube -tube carbon frames were done using um, a tube-to-tube -tube system. So we miter and cut all of our tubes and put them together. But then more importantly, it would take, you know, 40 to 60 hours to make a bike, you know, to get it all done and finished. Now our touch time on the product is is much closer to like four to six hours where we've drastically reduced our touch time. Now we've reduced our touch time and increased our quality. We've increased our, our, our product's efficiency. Our overall product is a lot better and we're doing it in less touch time. Now we've spent way more time on the design, way more time on on engineering simulation and be able to validate the process but that's a huge accomplishment that we did and then with the evolution of our workflow so that we could streamline everything our direct to print 3d um, 3d printed parts like the the genius cage um, are able to actually be produced and we could actually do you know hundreds of variations of it validate the process validate the simulation um, produce it test it validate it and then take it out, you know, actually mm -hmm. ship them. So, um, yeah, it's been a, you know, we, we may not look like we've been doing a lot of um, products have been coming out, but mm -hmm. the backend infrastructure of our, of our company has been completely reworked. I think that's what a lot of uh, customers that, I mean, because we we stick we stay to ourselves, so we don't. Yeah. Our mar the marketing department is horrible here, um, but uh, basically, we get a lot of customers like, "Oh, you know, what have you been doing? I don't see bikes, blah blah blah." I can't express to you how much we work. I'm tired <laughs> of working. Um, uh, uh, we're com we're not we're a bike company, yes, we're a manufacturer, yes, but like we've just propelled ourselves into this design world as a mm -hmm. technology company and that's yep. why we highlight a lot of these technology companies yep. on our podcast because they're such an integral part of yep. where we are trying to get to here mm -hmm. in the future and i think we're going to get there quickly because yep. arm has um does, does a lot of side projects for these companies too that have just like their minds are like <laughs> like this can be done like in a you know product market field not just this like yeah, Imagineer. Is right. Imagineers specific to Disney? Is that imagination? <laughs> imagination world? Yeah, it's yeah. just not It's not something you see like in a, in right. a movie. That's what these companies are striving to do is to make their products applicable to like U.S. manufacturing so right. we can, you know, get this economy going and get Yeah, job. for sure. Like, you know, yeah. um, basically what and, – and, and, and recently we've gotten interest uh, from customers who want – that's tube to tube construction. Oh yeah, the old our old bikes. Yeah, we've and we we have to say, and you know, we would love to make bikes for you, and we want you to ride Predator, but like we don't want to revert to our old right. ways because we've worked so hard. Yeah, to make this new manufacturing platform. Right. So uh, just last week, or just this, just this week, this, this, this week, week I got yesterday requests. Yesterday we talking about it. It was uh just no. you know, hey, can you guys make me a custom tube to tube um. Uh, We've actually also what, what had a uh, 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 rim brake rim brake bike, and I was like, mm, nope, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we've actually had past customers reach out that wanted repla like replacements to their old frames because you know it's just it's eight years old, ten year old carbon frame, and it's you know they want a new frame, and um, we had to say no. Um, you know, I mean, most of them have gone off and got bought RF twenty custom RF twenties, but like. Some of them, you know, wanted their old frame style, but just new standards. And we just, we had to say no. 
because um, it also comes back to the to the labor side of it. Like we just for us right now to dedicate that much of our man hours to sanding and prepping and mitering, we just we just can't do it. It doesn't no. make sense anymore. We need a um, sanding robot. That's what our next. Well, but that's is. the point. But like the thing is, though, like <laughs> we, the way we redesigned our parts, we don't have the sanding. We're doing net finished parts. I mean, right. there's still a light scuff before paint, but like we're not filling and smoothening and doing it. And I mean, you can get into a whole argument on why anyways, on the composite side, there's some interesting things to discuss about that, but that's something that we've stayed away from so that we can scale our business and scale the bit, you know, scale predator. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the cool thing. So, I mean, something maybe we'll highlight in future episodes is talking about our framework that we've kind of built to run predator, um, which we're actually um, following in the footsteps of how Amazon and everybody else um, have done it successfully is actually making it as a separate framework, which is something we've been working on really hard um, and integrating all parts of the business aspect um, for a true ERP PLM system. Like What's PLM? Um, product management, life, life cycle management, product well, none of those PL, say I have PL, PL or M. Well, product. Product life cycle management. management. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, so talking about like you're talking about the product itself and how it's built, assembled, um, drawn, specified, sourced, material. Right. All it, that. All, organizing all of Organizing that, that in conjunction digitally. with. Yeah, digitally and in conjunction with how that's correlated to your actual business. Mm -hmm. So we've been working on our own framework it's for that. It's hard to keep all that. And, and. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be introducing soon, adding all of that into like VR and AR. We are. Which we discussed last, two, two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago on Omni, our Omniverse episode. Yeah. So like there's but, just like things in the works that we're trying see, to prepare for. Well, yes. and But that's what kind of makes us an interest. I think that's what makes things interesting for us is because because we have all of the assets, because we have all the original concept designs, drawings, sketches, um, actually the machinery, the electronics for the machinery, all of that stuff is designed and done. I, I mean, I think it makes us more interesting for, you know, things like Omniverse, things like, you know, VR, AR applications, um, look, talking about digital twins. I mean, we essentially have all right. the assets to create fully functional digital twins. Um, right. And again, we just don't know this stuff. There's a learning right. curve. And guess, For what? Sure, but guess like, what that takes? Time. Well, it's not only just like a learning curve. I mean, some of this stuff has not actually been implemented a lot. I mean, some of this stuff is like been Never. concepted, but like I, mean, I was talking to somebody the other day, right before we left, and you know, we were talking about like applications of some of the stuff we're trying to do with like this digital twin AR, VR type environment. And, you know, one of the things that he mentioned was that, you know, no one's actually really done it with a fully functional place in a full digital twin and like with real-time feedback like it hasn't really been done there's no documentation for it there's no roadmap with like this is how we did it mm -hmm. um or like a course in some university that's taught on this or maybe i mean the people are doing it in these giant corporations that but like their secrets it's not secrets. even i mean not even no, it, it's so difficult to do because you can't actually do like somebody like let's take BMW for an example that did an amazingly cool demo of Omniverse at GTC. Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about. But like they did it from an assembly perspective where they're looking at complete machine assemblies and where they are and how they respond. 
I mean, we're taking it to a much more granular approach where we're actually having the full machine simulated, where we have full assemblies within our machine simulated and data logging it with process control. You don't think they have their machine simulated? The, the, okay, but I'm talking about not from an operational standpoint where like you're looking at the machine, the plate goes up and down or like mm -hmm. how to lay out the factory. I'm talking about this is the pneumatic control on the board. This is the chip that processes this. This is the assembly uh, linkage. It would be interesting someone from BMW maybe want to jump on here and I mean, explain what they've been doing with it. I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, from the demo we saw, they're, they're not doing it from that point. And I understand why they're not doing it because it's not entirely relevant for them. They're using it from a, a factory layout perspective. Um, but we're looking at it from more of a, full sub, like immersive AR, VR, digital twin, like almost assistant. But what we're trying to get to is, is that we're allowing, we're using AR as an assistant to help us build out our facility, help us build out our product. Um, and to do that and to do it correctly, you would have to have everything modeled. You'd have to have everything in it and fully digital. I mean, digital. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have that. Now it's just a matter of, integrating it all together and getting all the data assets together and linked and pull all that information together and display it correctly. Um, anyways, that's, that's, it's yeah, that anyway. was, that's another episode. But yeah. uh, anyway, the, the point of this episode is, uh, you know, making a business better. Yeah. It's and a small it, business too. And also it, it's kind of very revisiting small. on the topic. <laughs> very small. Um, it's also revisiting on the topic of, um, we've been focusing very hard on making sure that the products that we come out with now and going forward are scalable and, and viable um, and viable products that we can actually push to market. Um, and are cool. Cause that's cool. what we do. Yeah. We make cool stuff. So basically I just wanted to talk about small business restructuring. Yep. Started a business when you're a kid, glued some tubes together, made a bike. <laughs> it went fast. <laughs> uh, we learned. Yes. You built some machines. Yeah. You learned some more. Yeah. You learned. You you got some softwares. Mm -hmm. you became real smart in that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know now we're gonna make futuristic, awesome things. You know, come. I up. like how you simplified the last fifteen years. Flying <laughs> bicycles. Fifteen. Flying years. bicycles here in the next ten years. Wow, it's setting the bar pretty high. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and and all you know, arms doing all the you know that hard work with the, your brain and stuff, and I keep everything running in the background so you that do. we don't lose him in some sort of like black hole dimensional field <laughs> that opens up back there. Uh, yes, you do. You keep this entire place running and operating smoothly, um, for sure. Life manager. Life manager. So, predator uh, universe manager. Yeah. Uh, so, things to mention before we go. Um, we've gotten a lot of customer feedback on new products that we launched, and we're actively making plans to uh, improve those and to gather some more educational video type materials. So, for like the cleat adapters and the bikes, um, making maybe little three to four minute videos just explaining the processes better. Mm -hmm. um, so, maybe if you get have more questions about a product before you actually buy it you can watch these videos and learn more and you mm -hmm. don't like not buy it <laughs> yeah so um it gives you a better idea of what to expect or maybe like how to measure like i don't know your foot or your angle your bike angles or yep 
Oh, we're going to have a lot more informational stuff coming out. Yeah. So we decided, yeah, that's also a whole department, right? That's an <laughs> educational training department. Yes. Yeah. That's your department, right? <laughs> that falls under me. <laughs> um, so anything else for wrap up? No, we're, I got to get back to mold. Yeah, you got to go to work. I do. I got to do other stuff too. Okay. We thank you for choosing to take some time with us, and we look forward to future breakaways. Look for us on Instagram and LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and in person here in Tennessee. We ask our listeners to please share, like, and subscribe. We're available on all major streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. Have a good one and find some time to break away. 